Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hi, this is Bitch Slap. I'm Rachel Fisher. I'm Desi Jadikin. And this is Season 1, Melrose Place, Episode 10, Burned. Burned. It's a Billy and Rhonda episode. This is a very special episode. It was a very topical episode. Very. Given that this episode came out in 92, Mm -hmm. and they don't explicitly say the LA riots, but that's a lot of what this story, uh, there's a lot of that mentioned in this story. Right, it's the same year. It's the same year that the LA riots happened and Rodney King, so that is a lot of the discussions. You're right, they don't really explicitly say that. They, they When they say, they talk about like the bur- the protest and rioting or something later in the episode. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they don't, speci- they're not specific about it. But it is a very, a very topical episode for the time. Obviously, a lot of the themes talked about in this episode are still relevant today. Yeah. And we begin with Sandy and Jake. Of course, <laughs> they're together. They're together every episode. I just remembered the B story. Started laughing. <laughs> okay. okay we, I'm sorry. We'll get to it we, in a second. But we, I literally just popped in my head. I was like, oh, my God. We got some great pictures. Here's the thing about this episode. The A storyline in this episode is very serious, yeah. but the B storyline <laughs> is absurd. It is ridiculous. I it literally just remembered it and just started laughing. Yes, <laughs> it's so out there. It's crazy. So we open with Sandy and Jake talking at the pool at night. Jake had a hard day at work, and Sandy's like, you want to come upstairs for some pizza? And he's like, hmm. Is it that designer pizza? I was like, he's talking about that barbecue chicken yeah. pizza. <laughs> I know it. Yeah. He thinks that Sandy's ordered CPK because that's super fancy. Totally. He doesn't want that. He wants Domino's. Yeah. He wants pepperoni. He wants pepperonis. And she's like, yeah, Jake, whatever you want. Mm. So he agrees to go up to her apartment. And all of a sudden, surprise, it's a surprise party. Once again, the whole gang have put together this surprise party for someone who doesn't want it. <laughs> yeah. Jake's like thought he was about to get pussy. Yeah. But no, it's, it's his birthday surprise party. And he's like, ah, oh, geez. Billy's there because everyone's there. And he's like, I, I got to leave the party early to go work the graveyard shift. I also like that we find out that they found out his birthday because Jake left his wallet in Sandy's place. I was like, you just looked in it? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't reveal that information. No. Then we see a woman, as Billy's leaving, we see a woman with giant bright red hair (laughs) walking up the steps, and she's looking for Jake. I wrote, some old hoe shows him looking for Jake. (laughs) Because this woman is clearly, she's got her big bosoms out, lots of makeup. This woman's seen some stuff. She's been around. I loved her instantly, of course. I mean. Yes. She's also wearing an insane, like her outfits in this episode, (laughs) they're amazing. (laughs) Amazing. She's she's wearing an insane hot pink embellished jacket with these matching dangly earrings that are like... she's got like a real, she's got like a great body. 
She's really curvy. She's big tits, like a tiny little waist. She's like a hot lady. Yeah. She shows up and Jake does not look happy to see this woman. No. And everyone thinks this is someone he's fucking. Right. (laughs) Because they're like, oh, did Jake have plans? (laughs) So Jake's gone through everyone at Shooters, the neighborhood. Now he's on to the Cougars. (laughs) Yeah, he's on the Cougars. He met her at the bike shop. (laughs) Yeah, she used to be someone's old lady. So Jake reluctantly introduces her and it's his mom. But he he gets in a dig before that because they're like, you want a beer, Stella? Her name is Stella. And this is Jake's intro to the scene. He says, she prefers bourbon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he gets in a really sick burn. Um, It's awkward as hell after he introduces her. It's clearly Jake is like really uncomfortable with her being there. We all know Jake has some issues, and it's probably mom-related, so to see her must have been shocking. Right. Next, we see Billy dropping off a fare late at night in South Central, and his fare is a very sweet old lady who gets out of the cab and is like, bye, sweetie. And he's about to turn around and leave when he sees some guys on the corner. Yeah. And he's get, he gets scared. They make eye contact. They make eye contact with Billy. These like he he's like... He's scared. These young guys, they're hanging out in like a like a Cadillac car, like a really long, and they're just kind of hanging out by this burger place. Yeah, it's like or a hot dog burger. It's like a fast food burger place. <laughs> yeah. So Billy starts driving off on his car, but the Cadillac, I don't even know if it was a Cadillac. It was an older car. It starts following him, and Billy drives straight into How did he do this? How did he do this? A dead end. I don't know I was like, how he did this. I don't either. Because he was on a main road. Those streets are very wide. He was, yeah, he was on a main road. He was probably on like Normandy, which is a very big street. Right. I don't know. How- All he had to do was stay on that road <laughs> and not turn down a weird. How did he do this? He drives to a dead end and this car has cornered him. The car pulls up. These guys get out with baseball bats and start busting his car up. Yeah, and that's where we we just leave him in that situation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> his mouth agape. Yeah. Wait, the funniest part of the scene though was before the guys got out. Billy is rolling up his window. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like the old fashioned guy, yeah. so he's cranking his arm really fast, and it's almost comical. Right back at the party, everybody loves Jake's mom because they love this horny old like drunk broad. I love too that she's giving the girls skincare advice. And Matt is like, oh my God, me too. She's like, I love the humidity there. It's really plumping my skin out. It's just like so. I was like, what is she talking about? This, yeah. And Matt starts like hysterically laughing about something. He's like, me too. Oh, you know, Matt loves her. <laughs> There's just no way. I like, mean, she would be the person I'd be hanging out with at the party. Absolutely. I want to know what her story she's is. She's a blast. Yeah. Uh, and everyone wants to be with her. And everyone thinks Jake is being a weenie for not like being happy his mom is there. I mean, this is a classic example though, where everyone loves your mom, but you're like, no, she's really bad. (laughs) Like you just have a completely different point of view on it. Right. Um, Allison is like, Jake, why are you so hard on her? And Jake's like, you guys don't know what you're talking about. Mm. The phone rings and Allison picks it up. It's Billy. He's at the police station because he was robbed. 
So Allison's like, I got to go. Yeah. So she just ha- enjoy the party. Without Don't worry, me. guys. I'm- <laughs> no one's sad, Allison. She heads down there and at the station, the cops aren't much help. And Billy like cannot believe this. This is this is Billy's first time dealing with police. And he is like, what? I'm the victim I- and they're blaming me. <laughs> <laughs> He's like blown away yeah. that this is how mm. it works. Uh. Allison shows up and she's like, Billy, I'm just glad you're alive. He's like, I don't care. I was robbed. I've been violated. <laughs> um, back at Jake's, I guess the party's over because it, it's just him and his mom. Yeah. And he's like laying into her. He's like, haven't you heard of calling first? And she's like, she has a very strong Southern accent. Yes. Uh, Jake, she could be Sandy's mom. <laughs> Jake has zero accent. I don't know yeah. where this came from, but she's like, I'm an impulsive lady. She has like a very like kind of slutty country western look too. Cause yes. a lot of her stuff is denim, but it's sparkly and like, yeah. So she has that vibe of maybe being from the South somewhere. And it's like a lot of fringe. A lot. Um, there's a jacket later in the episode yes. <laughs> that I'm obsessed with. So she's like, I left Hank. <laughs> Well, there's that's country too. <laughs> I left Hank. Uh, she said she couldn't take his drinking and that she's even cut back on her own drinking. Mm. And she just needs a place to stay in the meantime. And Jake is like, when I needed a place to stay, you kicked me out. Good point. That's a good point, Jake. And she's like, well, I've changed. Just give me a chance. Ugh. <laughs> Billy and Allison return to the complex. And Billy says he feels powerless. And Rhonda shows, Rhonda's there too. It's like Rhonda, Matt, yeah. and Allison. They're all greeting him after he's come back. Yeah, Because they trying, know what's happened. They're trying to comfort him and console him. And then Billy just starts running his mouth and spewing some really stupid shit. Billy says, those people can have that part of town because I'm never driving down there again. And Rhonda's like, excuse me? Rhonda goes off on him. It was so satisfying. Yeah. Rhonda is like, what people? People like me, Billy? And Billy's like, wait a second, Rhonda. I was robbed. <laughs> and he's like, don't, I'm not a racist. But Rhonda's pissed because he's not getting it. Because he keeps doing the typical things like, I am friends with, I grew up around black people. Like, right. I have black friends, like the classic. Yeah. Whatever uh, defenses of those. Like instead of apologizing, he doesn't get, he's not willing to look at why what he said was like very hurtful. Yeah. So, so Rhonda's rightfully pissed off. She leaves. And the next day we see Billy at his computer because he needs to capitalize on this and write about his experience. This is a very modern think piece like where people nowadays when something bad it happens to them their first thing is like i should write a personal essay about this yeah it's like i've got some content billy's writing his personal essay for where where is he thinking where is he gonna put this i know the paper he worked for closed who's gonna take i mean i guess he's back on the thing where he needs things to write about right so this is something this is something he has but he can't even write about this no he just has like Three words on the screen that say, last night I... We've all been there. <laughs> I, it's true. We have all been there. He's flashing back to what happened, but he just can't get the words out. And Allison's like, hey, 
how you feeling about it? And Billy's like, I can't even write about it. Mm. And he's like, I hate that I feel so angry and frustrated. Billy's, it's like he never has dealt with anything negative happening to him in his life. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it hurts or you're scared or whatever. He's like having a feeling for the first time, like an uncomfortable. I'm out of control. I didn't have any control in that situation. My charm didn't work. (laughs) In fact, it was to my detriment. They wanted to kick my ass. It made it worse. (laughs) Jane tells Michael that she had a nightmare about someone breaking into her apartment. Jane. Way to make it about yourself, Jane. Jane Jane just hears this story from Billy and she's like, Michael, I I had a nightmare last night. And Michael's like, oh, sweetheart, you should have woken me up. And they hug. Oh, and here comes the C storyline. They hug. Jane's talking about how nervous she is raising a child in these times. And I appreciated Michael being like, Jane, <laughs> fucking calm, the calm fuck down. down. <laughs> She's like, literally, he's like, literally every generation says that. Yeah. That it's bad. Everything's bad today. He's like, it's fine. And Jane's like, "We're what? Are you coming to the baby seminar? What the hell? <laughs> Everything's baby a seminar. seminar. In the, I've we, never even heard of such a thing. <laughs> I think she was it supposed to be like a. It's a class. It's like a baby class. It's a class, but it's like anyone who needs to take this class probably shouldn't have kids <laughs> because it is. I'm not. It's not Lamaze where you like have a birthing. Like you learn how to give birth or whatever techniques that will help you Wait, through is that. That this class not accurate." I don't think so. (laughs) They're literally like, how do you put clothes on a baby? I can't believe that that's real. Uh, Maybe it was. So Michael doesn't want to go to this, of course. Of course. He's like, I don't want to go. I got a shift. I'm on call. (laughs) At Jake's house, his mom's making a really gross breakfast. And Jake walks in and he says, that smells interesting. I don't know why it made me laugh that she's making a Denver omelet. Okay. Okay, because Desi, what is a Denver omelet? Nineties. It's very nineties. It's very nineties yeah. to have a Denver omelet. But there was also something where I was like, she learned how to make that, like when she was a waitress at the Waffle House or something. But like, she can't even make this no, omelet. Denver she, omelet. She's just. I think she heard about a Denver omelet at the Waffle House. What is? Refresh my memory. Memory. <laughs> Onions. Pap, bell peppers. Bell peppers. Does it have tomato? Ham and cheese. Ham and cheese. Okay. I mean, it sounds good. I'm sure it's fine, but you're you're right. It is very 90s. There was a period where Denver omelets It was were every omelet. And what is Denver about that? Why is it? <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted... Hold on. I need to pause to find this out. According to the New York Times, the Denver omelet, a diner classic of eggs, bell peppers, onions, ham, and often cheese actually began as a sandwich made with those ingredients in the American West in the late 19th century. Damn. Its exact origins are fuzzy, but some historians think it was a modification of egg foo young, which was made Whoa. by which was made by Chinese laborers working the Transcontinental Railroad. Or a scramble made by pioneers masking spoiled eggs with onions. Well, that's not as good. <laughs> that doesn't sound as good. Bell peppers were likely a later addition. When the sandwich became popular in Utah, it was named the Denver Sandwich. Does the sandwich also have egg? Yes. Okay. 
It was named the Denver Sandwich after Denver City, Utah. Oh. So it's not even Colorado. What the hell? But this is a roller coaster. <laughs> this is why we need a food podcast. <laughs> <laughs> By the 1950s, the Denver was the most popular sandwich around. <laughs> I'm blown away. And at some point in the mid-20th century, diners swapped the sandwich bun for a knife and fork. I literally thought it was like, it was invented at the Denver Diner Rockies or something. Like. Right. I'm going to make a Denver omelet this week. It does sound good. It sounds good right now because I'm really hungry. Uh, me too. Anyway, he she's making and failing, failing at making a Denver omelet. They have a little bickering session and he accuses her of not being a mom. And then he's like, all right, let me show you to ma- how to make a real omelet. But he also has a little metaphor. He has a metaphor. <laughs> he says, you got to coddle it. It takes time and patience. I was like, Jake wants to be coddled? <laughs> Allison talks to Rhonda in the courtyard. And of course, Allison's trying to run defense for Billy. She's like, he didn't mean anything by it. Yeah. And Allison and Rhonda is still rightfully upset. She's like, that's not the point. No, Rhonda hates them all right yeah. now. She's like, I hate everyone in this fuck. Maybe only Matt yeah. gets a pass. No, Matt gets a pass because at least she has fun with Matt. But she's like, you guys are all fucking idiots. And Allison's like, I want to understand. And Rhonda's like, when a white guy rips you off, you don't blame the entire race. And Allison's like, oh. like she just had this epiphany. Right. And Rhonda leaves. At D&D, who shows up? It's Billy. The, he, Billy is up to no good anytime he shows up at D&D. Like, it's always some kind of scam he's running. <laughs> it's never ended well anytime he showed up there. Billy's in a better mood, and he need, but he needs to borrow Allison's car to go to the insurance company. And she's like, I guess... How long is it going to take? Because he's like, I might have it for a while. This whole thing is so suspicious. I can't <laughs> even believe. Because I was like, I could think about 10 follow-up questions right in here that would unravel this whole thing, <laughs> including how did you get here? Right. <laughs> like, why can't you just do what you did to get here to go to the insurance place? Right. Why did you make a stop at D&D? What, like, if he could get to D&D, he can get to the insurance place. It right. makes zero sense. Um. But she, uh, once again, it's Billy. She lets her guard down. She's like, okay, take you, my keys. You just lied to me last episode. But I guess <laughs> I guess we've moved past that now. The stakes are even higher because it's my car. Yeah. Take the keys. He takes the keys and some very suspicious music plays. This is not going to end well. No. Then let's take a break right okay. here. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. 
Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. So Sandy is sunbathing at the pool when Jake's mom approaches and says, "Mind if I fry along with you?" <laughs> First of all, she is way too pale for that. She doesn't fry. She's going to get a really bad sunburn. She's wearing a very low-cut bathing suit. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I got excited that these two were going to chat, even though it doesn't really go anywhere. No, it's not that exciting of a conversation. She just gets a little more insight into Jake's mom. She says she wants to move to L.A., She's also a waitress, and Sandy's like, oh, my God, I'm a waitress, too. We have so much in common. <laughs> At the baby seminar, Michael is rolling his eyes. Mm. He does not want to be there. He is, he is silent film acting bored. <laughs> it's so over the top. Yeah. He, <laughs> my favorite Michael line in this episode is when he... He says to Jane, look at this guy. He's totally into it. (laughs) (laughs) And then they show us. He dunks on some other dad there. And I was like expecting the guy to be a doofus, but he literally just looks like a loving father. (laughs) That's that's key insight into Michael. (laughs) Like the guy was just normally cradling a baby. That's the brilliance of of Thomas Calabro is like... (laughs) How is he not a bigger star? (laughs) (laughs) He honestly should be in movies today. Oh, my God. I love him. I think he's one of my favorite actors. Jane, of course, is mortified that her husband is not. Yeah, she's got the one clunker. (laughs) She's not into being there. Um, And they have these little dolls that they have to put baby clothes on. And Michael, of course, is like, I'm a doctor. Why am I playing with a doll? Yeah. I've been up in women's pussies before. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. He's got a point. And she's like, Michael. And so he starts dressing the doll and its arm pops off. I laughed. He literally ripped the arm off. He ripped the baby's arm off. And the teacher comes around and she's like, these babies are very delicate. Yeah. Just like a real baby. I like the idea that he might possibly rip a real baby's arm right. off. It's just an absurd scene. Billy is now, it's nighttime, and Billy and Jake have driven back to the neighborhood where Billy was robbed. So this is Billy's scheme. Okay, here's what I want to know. How long has he had this car for? He, he's, he, he showed up at D&D at what, like 2 p.m., and it's like 9 now? I believe he's been there all day. Just waiting with Jake? Yeah. But it's like, well, I mean, the guys probably aren't showing up to hang out in their car till night. You didn't have to go during the day. This is a psychotic Like, you know, the plan. guys he's looking for. I'm, I'm glad that Jake pointed out this was a, a terrible plan. Uh, but Jake still goes along. He doesn't try to stop. Why <laughs> is Jake even in this car? It's absurd. And Billy tries to get sympathy from Jake about Rhonda. He's like, you know, Rhonda was way out of line. It's not about black or white. And Jake's like, mm, I side with Rhonda. Yeah. He totally sides with Rhonda. He also thinks it's crazy that Billy is doing this, which again begs the question, Yeah, why is he along for the ride? No, he shouldn't be. Next, we're at Shooters. 
Rhonda and Matt are having drinks, and she's confiding in Matt about how she feels. Yeah. They're, uh, she's, she's going down the route of like growing up being colorblind, right? Like that's a typical... She, that's what she says. This is a classic old school way of thinking about things, right? Like being colorblind, which now is definitely not the way people think about it. And Matt is relating as a gay person. Like, right. Basically, a lot of this conversation is like, they don't have the terminology of like microaggressions now. Right. That and That's what they're kind of sort of commiserating over, like these small little slights that kind of add up over time until Rhonda, as she says in this scene, broke, right? right. It was like the final straw after kind of putting up with this uh, for a long time, yeah. or her whole life. They're both commiserating over casual racism and casual homophobia that they both experience. So this sort of, that's pretty much what this whole scene is about, except Rhonda says to Matt, that she herself feels guilty because after the LA riots, she felt like she could have done more for her community and that she didn't feel like she did enough. She was more focused on her career and her, her own right. personal life. And Matt's like, yeah, kind of like the time I asked you to help. <laughs> you never showed up. But he kept it to himself because he's Matt. Because <laughs> See, Matt is such a solid friend. Yeah. Matt would never guilt Rhonda about that. No, but he did have ammo. He, he could have used it. He could have said he could have said that to her, but he didn't. And I love that about Matt because Matt is truly the the one in that complex up to this point who does things outside of himself. Right? He helps other people. He's a very His job. Is he's, that he's very selfless. So back in the neighborhood, Billy sees the car drive by and he's like, I got it. And he <laughs> writes down the <laughs> license plate number. What is he like? He's such a, it's, it's the, the car was like pink, right? Yes. How would that be difficult? To find? <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, do you know what I mean? Just, there's gotta be less than 10 pink cars, pink, long Cadillac esque cars in LA. It was a very distinct looking car. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he got the license plate. I like how he feverishly wrote it down to, oh, it was like also yeah. very Billy, like this reaction shot kind of moment. It's like he's playing detective. Totally. At the apartment the next day, I didn't understand this. Billy has like a tackle box and he's like, I'm going <laughs> to, why was, what was this whole point with this? I have no idea. I just wrote Allison's mad again because <laughs> I was like, I don't know what anyone's mad about anymore. Well, Allison has a good reason to be Yeah, that's true, the car. She's furious that Billy lied to her about using her car. She says, you conned me. How how many times can she keep falling for it, though? Oh, I said also, a lot of times car-related. It's always... (laughs) (laughs) Right, like, don't... Billy and your car are not a good combination. Stop doing it, Allison. I feel like 50% of their storyline has been car-related. Because <laughs> we had the whole Betsy one, like the cab. Just like... It's true. Um, <laughs> she's fucking pissed. Then she also takes a dig at him for ignoring his feelings. She's like, I'm mad at you, and I think you're repressing how you really feel about this. She's complicated. So she leaves for work. Jane and Michael are getting ready for their day, and she's scolding him about not being ready for the baby. Jane's also mad. (laughs) She's really mad that Michael popped this baby doll arm off. That's very significant to her, even though that would never happen in real life. No. They would have had a laugh about it. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> they have a little squabble. It's very boring. That night at Shooters, Sandy approaches Jake, and she's like, I don't get why you and your mom don't get along. And he's like, you know the first thing about her. Mm. My and mom course, couldn't wait to get rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> and then the mom shows up to Shooters, and he's pissed that Sandy invited her. He's like, she's a drunk. And then it cuts to the mom <laughs> bent over the pool table with this big biker dude pressed up behind her, teaching her how to play pool. And she's saying, oh, I'm supposed to shoot this ball. <laughs> and Jake's like, case in point. But let's talk about her outfit, Okay, though. we're going to get to the outfit. Okay, we can talk about it now, yeah. I guess. <laughs> we see it a lot more clearly later. Yes. But this outfit is... It, okay, it is like a matching dress and jacket set. It is acid wash denim with rhinestones on it. And the sleeves, it, with a puff sleeve. It's like... And it also has a corseted... Sweetheart <laughs> neck. Yes, sweetheart neck. Uh it's it, out of control because this is like something. This is very eighties. Yeah, it's, it's like, like an eighties relic that she still has, but it's, it's her favorite outfit. It's her going out outfit when she wants to look good. Right. And her Hank probably was like, "You're not wearing that out," so she hasn't worn it in a while because it is. It's it's slutty. <laughs> it is a slutty denim outfit. No one wants to see their mom coming up into the place they hang out. Looking like that, pressing their butt into guys' dicks at the pool table. Because <laughs> she's working it. She had her whole ass on this guy's biker dick. And what's wild is Sandy sees this and still doesn't get what the issue might be. It's like he grew up with the slutty mom. Like this is Harper Valley PTA. Yeah. Like one of those songs right. where he was embarrassed his whole life. And obviously she's just living her life, but it's like, come on, don't show up to school in that denim outfit or whatever. Like she pushed it too far. Um, it is funny to me though, because it's sort of payback for when Jake didn't believe Sandy about Herb Stalker being a mean guy. That's true. So but Sandy seems more savvy that she'd pick up on it. Everybody is like totally just like denying Jake. They're like, she's Grow up, Jake. It's your mom. Right. And I agree if she became this after he was a grown up. But if he was like a young child dealing with this, like right. maybe I'm just sensitive because I had a slutty mom who did this kind of stuff. <laughs> I'm on Jake's side. Um, no, I mean, I get Jake's feeling. But he does deserve it. Like no one believing him or getting it. Well, he should... Him and Sandy should have had like an apology sesh together where they're like, I didn't believe you. Now you didn't believe me. It feels shitty, right? Yeah. And maybe they could have learned something. Uh, No, that's not going to happen here. So the next day, Billy is driving his cab when he spots Rhonda. And at first I was like, Billy, if you hit on Rhonda, I swear (laughs) to God. (laughs) No, Rhonda called for the cab. Right. I know. Oh, okay. But I just... Okay. He, it's like a habit. Like he can't help right. himself. No Ooh, matter. She's cute. <laughs> Rhonda? Rhonda, is that you? I just had a boner for you. <laughs> she gets in his cab and she says, Florence and Normandy, we're going to South Central Los Angeles. And he's like, what are, what are we doing? And he's like, we're going sightseeing. And Billy's like, wow. Like he's never seen this before he's like it's like a war zone out here i was like billy have you learned nothing (laughs) 
from what you just, the last conversation. He, just, yeah. Um, they have a dialogue about living in this neighborhood. And it turns out that she wanted to go down here, not just to give Billy a little like education, but so that they could bring food to an organization that helps people in need. Yes. And I think, and Rhonda also is like, I want to see this too. Cause she talks about how she grew up middle-class and she doesn't know what her community is going through as well. So it's what like this community yeah, is going with through. this community. Yeah. Right. Uh, who lives in South Central. So Billy looks inspired by the end of this. He's like, wow, I learned something today. Well, they also, we have, we spend like about 30 seconds on the guy who I guess runs the organization having like a speech. Billy's so inspired by this speech. Yeah, he is. He, this like turns it all around for him. So Billy arrives home late. Allison's on the couch and he's like, wow, I never thought about it. He has like a moment of like self-awareness for the first time in his life. Yeah. And Allison's like, well, the police called and they say they picked up the guy who robbed you. All they need is your positive ID. Billy's like, should I give it? This is when Jake's mom arrives home wasted. So she was out all night. She was out all night with this biker dude. And she's this is the denim dress set that she's wearing. During the day. (laughs) She's such a walk of shame, though. Was this night or day? No, I think... I think she was at Shooter's the night before in the denim dress. And then came home in the morning. And came home in the morning, walk of shame. The fuck? That is not an outfit you want to walk of shame in. No. Because it's too noticeable. It's not comfy either. No. She ends up passing out on the couch. Like if you, you have to be very drunk to pass out in a tight denim outfit. You, that's the type of thing you're dying to take off Can't when you wait. get home. Yeah. No, Jake she's, is, she's, she's drunk still. Jake is obviously really disappointed. Yeah, he's like, you've been, you were drinking since lunch. <laughs> she's, she's going 24 hours. <laughs> uh, the next morning, Jane and Michael are in bed and they apologize to each other. I like how I literally just wrote Michael Jane. <laughs> and then I think I was like, eh, nothing worth talking nothing, about here. Nothing happens except Michael says, look at Jake and his mom. Talk about what not to do. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good line. <laughs> Classic joke format. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about what not to do. <laughs> I don't know why. So Only Michael could make that really funny. I laugh. Because it's so boneheaded, but also and hilarious. Mean. And very mean. It's very mean. Because they're sort of like, you know that like Jane and Michael look down on Jake for being working class. Also, Michael would never say that to Jake's face. No. So it's like some friends do have a thing where they'll be mean to each other or dunk on each other, but that's not the relationship they have. Because Jake is clearly very sensitive about his upbringing. He's very, he's uh, financially (laughs) insecure. He has insecurities. I can't stop laughing. (laughs) I'm literally losing it. Talk about what not to do. It's like, what does that even mean to you, Michael? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Jake's mom. Sorry. I learned more from seeing her than I did in that baby seminar. <laughs> <laughs> so then we cut back to Jake and his mom, and she's still in the, she has not changed yet. She has not changed yet. Mm. She's still in this denim outfit, and she's, 
pop an Advil and drink an orange juice. This is her Snuggie. This this is my stomach. The acid in my stomach was burning watching this. It's Uh. she's chugging Advil, orange juice, and black coffee Mm. at the same time. That's not the harshest chemical that's been in her stomach. (laughs) She's got all that cum as a buffer. Hank's jizz is radioactive. Hank does have radioactive jizz. I bet Hank's jizz. Or maybe the. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I bet Hank's jizz tastes like a Pall Mall. It stinks. It stinks. (laughs) I was thinking maybe the jizz from the night before was a buffer. It soaked it up. It's like Pepto Bismol. It coats the stomach. It coated the stomach. She. Like you, like you know in the Pepto, yeah, like you know in the Pepto Bismol commercial where it shows the diagram, the, it shows the animation of the stomach and the pink going down and coating it. Yeah, that's absolutely. What, that that biker guy at the bar, that's what his jizz did for her stomach. So the acid was just reacting with pH, <laughs> evening out. We know science. Uh, where are we? <laughs> oh, okay. This blew my mind. This fucking blew my mind because in this scene, we find out that Jake's mom is only 42. <laughs> I mean, it's not that she looked old. She does not look... Okay. Maybe but this, the style... Maybe this is a 1992 42. Because I was thinking, oh, she that is an attractive woman. She's probably 50, right? Or 55. I was thinking like 50, in between 50 and 60. Me too. And it was honestly, she did look good. She it was based great. more on her style than her uh, like her face or her skin. Just everything about her. Yeah. I just assumed she's between 50 and 60 years old. And I'm like, she's a hot lady. I just right. was shocked when she said 42. Oh, God. Even though, I don't know, like I said before, I think today in 2022, 42 is like different than it was or can like people think of it differently but here's the here's another sad fact when we heard that back in the day we were probably like wow she's old (laughs) yeah Yeah, we're like oh it's not that old i know that's really the sad reality is like there's some 20 year old person listening to be like that bitch is old yeah and they're talking about me (laughs) i remember thinking things like Someone I worked with was like 33, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, I was right. like, she's an old crone. <laughs> Just like ridiculous. You know what? It'll, ha- it'll happen to you. <laughs> yeah. And you're going to laugh and then cry a little. Absolutely. Uh, okay. So Jake is like, do me a favor, Mom. Don't come. Don't be here when I come home. <laughs> pretty abrupt. <laughs> it was pretty- where's she going to go? She has nowhere to go. Billy, meanwhile, is typing away at his computer. He's finally got the words. Yes. And Rhonda comes over, and she's like, Allison told me they found one of the guys who robbed you. And Billy's like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to positively ID him. And she's like, why not? The law is the law. (laughs) And Billy's like, okay. So they go to the station, and Billy, this is like a moment for Billy. He's like very much, he doesn't know what to do, if he should positively ID this guy. He thinks he doesn't want to make this guy's life harder than it is. He does identify him. And we see the perp walk out of the lineup room. And Billy sees the perp's grandma. (laughs) This was so unnecessary. This this poor woman. This woman smacks him and is like, 
how dare you? Yeah, she's like beating his ass <laughs> in the <laughs> police station. It's like a classic hitting them with like, I don't know what she was hitting with. Was it like... I thought she just smacked him. Oh, I thought it was like her purse or something. <laughs> she might have hit him and hit him upside the head in the purse, but it just goes to show like this is some punk kid. Right. And the grandma's like, I raised you better. Like, and she's going to do more to him than jail time would. I'm pretty sure about it. <laughs> yeah. So at Shooter's... Sandy says his mom is about to leave on a bus. She's like, your mom's going on the Greyhound, Jake. You better catch her. And he goes to say bye to her. And we see Jake's mom with her luggage at the station wearing a tan suede fringe jacket with huge shoulder pads. Mm -hmm. This was a great jacket. And the fringe was long. It was very long. <laughs> that was when I was like, damn. It was a long fringe. It was. I love this jacket. And she's getting on the bus and she goes, I love you, Jake. And Jake's like, uh, take care of yourself. They make it seem like he wants to say I love you. He doesn't. And he can't. He can't do it. He's like, and you take care, mom. <laughs> She gets on the bus and that's that. I feel like this character comes back at some point. I hope so. Because she's one of the most entertaining characters we've had on this show so far. Yeah. Uh, And I, yeah, I mean, she's incredible and it's the perfect (laughs) casting for Jake's mom. Absolutely perfect. Even though Jake doesn't have an accent, it just works. Also, I love how she's hilarious and he's completely humorless. Yeah. Jake, like... (laughs) Back at the complex, Rhonda and Billy are hanging out by the pool. They've totally made up. Allison arrives and is like, you guys made up. She's very sharp. (laughs) (laughs) Then they all have a little heartwarming talk about listening to each other. Yeah. They all learned a lesson. And everyone who watched this episode learned a lesson as well. How and to make a Denver omelet. How to, the, the lesson was how to make a Denver omelet and how to coat your stomach with biker cum before a heavy night of drinking. <laughs> and applying your stomach with anything acidic. Too yeah. acidic. Um, this was a wild episode. I, I still baffle at what the writers are going for in this show because it is so... It's like 90210 is more um, outrageous yes. than this show. And it's like, what? why did you even create this show? We don't need to see like the same show, but with people like three years older. Do well, you know what I mean? Like, Well, that it seemed like when they pitched the show, the idea was like, oh, we'll be able to have more racier topics right. or more diverse topics because it's adults as opposed to high schoolers who were all in the same insular community. Like they all have the same, right. it's like adults coming from different parts of the country with different backgrounds. Right. So it'll be just like, but they just didn't do that until like halfway through the first season. And they made an insular community in the apartment complex. Right. Uh, like, do you know what I mean? We rarely see people outside of it. Uh, when we do, they're not really fully developed and don't really last long until later. Until later, yeah. And when there's a lot of outside characters who come in and cause drama, right? It's just, it's still funny to me. Yeah, um, it's just this is early days Melrose Place, but I'm having a blast recapping it. I think it's funny because I do feel like it's going to be such a dramatic turn. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm very curious to see. Um, 
how sudden it is or yeah. if it's gradual. Because like, we'll probably start picking up things before the turn happens hard. I think I mentioned this on an earlier episode of Bitch Slap, but I kind of want to make a note. We can make a note when it happens on that episode of what we agree was the turning point. Okay. Like, if you just had to just say, like, you could say, like, oh, Amanda Woodward coming in. But like, we need to be more specific. But we want to be more specific with Like, there's got to be, like, a line where... Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. There's got to be a line where we're, like, that would never have been in the first two episodes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, those yeah. moments where it's, like, that's different. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, let's clock that or for that sure. Or that storyline. Yeah. That uh, storyline's different. Yeah, because I think it's more specific than even just Amanda Woodward. Like, that's the very common thing to say. That's what I mean. Uh, yeah, but... We're going to get down to the specifics. Yeah. And we should start... Maybe even if it happens before Amanda Woodward, there might be signs they're going in that direction. We can kind of look for them. Yeah. Could be interesting. Right. Right. Because everyone always says Amanda Woodward, we're going to say, hmm, was there a moment before... That indicated that what indicated was to come. we could get that, or that there was a problem and they were trying to fix it. Yeah, because that could be too. Yeah. I'm sure at some point they were like, "This isn't going well," and then Aaron Spelling's like, "Hold on, I'll call Heather Locklear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, she'll fix everything because uh, they had to have a plan just be- beyond casting her, or it right. wouldn't work, right? Like, well, it's like they had to come up with the storyline, and then they're like, Heather Locklear would be perfect, or did they just? write it around her yeah i don't know no, let's let's like notice that because i think that will be really interesting and we're not we're like halfway to that point mm. or over it no we're not we're Be- not i thought she comes in 21 episode oh, 21 oh, oh oh when amanda comes yeah yes. oh i thought you meant because the, the first season is 33 episodes right but she comes 21 yeah and we're at 10 we're almost there baby yeah so we're almost there uh we're gonna get there we'll probably get there before the new year yeah. Yeah. Very exciting. Yeah, but I agree. I'm having fun with these goofy episodes too. For sure. Um, so we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>